All right, Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be this morning. Acts chapter 1, while you're turning there, just want to remind everybody, Baptism Sunday is coming up. It's going to be May 21st. A lot of you guys have put recently that you would like to be baptized. So we're doing a final call. We're going to be reaching out to people this week and next about our baptism service. So if you have not been baptized, you'd like to be baptized, put it on your red card. We'll reach out to you this week, May 21st. First, all right, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And if you just turned in one of these with the offering, turn in a second one. That's all right. We got 10,000 of them in the usher's closet. We ain't going to run out today. All right, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. The Bible says this, being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice Jesus was telling them that you're about to receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And they immediately started asking him about politics. You're about to receive the greatest blessing this side of heaven. And they ask him political questions. Jesus established a Pentecostal church, but uh, there's too many political churches today. You get all caught up in politics, you might miss the greatest blessings God has for your life. Come on, Jesus got them back on track. He said, uh-uh, that's, uh, that's in God's hands, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. <laughs> We're in a series called This Is that Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And in this series, we're looking at what that is. Tell somebody, This is that. And we'll talk about what happened on the day of Pentecost and what that means for you and me this morning. We're going to talk about the three baptisms. The three baptisms. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you that you are the Lord and you change not. I thank you, Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I thank you that your power has not faded. It has not wavered. Lord, you are God Almighty, and I thank you that your power is present even in this room today. God, open up our hearts, God, to hear what you would speak to us through your eternal word this morning. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you have not called us to be a weak church in these last days, but you have called us to be a spirit-led, spirit-empowered, blood-bought, heaven-bound, devil-stomping church. And God, I pray. Lord, that as we dive into your word and as we open up our hearts to your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would change us and shake us up to be mighty men and women of God in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus, the Son of God, walked in this room this morning? 
I mean, the truth is he is in this place because he said where two or three of you are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of you. But what if Jesus physically walked into the room today? I've heard people speculate. They say, I'd give Jesus a high five. I'd give him a hug. I'd ask him all these questions. But realistically, if we get biblical with it, most likely we would respond to Jesus walking in this place the way that the temple guards responded when they came to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Or like Saul on the road to Damascus, we would most likely fall down to the floor as dead in the presence of such holiness. Colossians calls him the image of the invisible God. For of him and through him and to him are all things. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the great I am, the one who is and was and is to come. The master of the mighty, the captain of the conquerors, the Lord of hosts, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And one day soon we will see him because he is coming back. I think about those who walked with him on this earth, who spent their lives with him as he taught and as he ministered and as he healed and as he set people free. I can't even imagine what that was like. Yet Jesus said to those people who walked with him on the earth in John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus was talking to the men who walked with him. The disciples at this point were on top of the world because Jesus had risen from the dead and they just knew that they were going to reign with Jesus forever. But that Jesus says, it's better for you if I go so the comforter can come. Who is this comforter? Look down at verse 12 in John 16. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Who is the comforter? Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, is telling us it's better for you if I go away because that's how much you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Let me take a survey this morning. I'll be honest. How many of you want to be closer to God? Anybody? Come on. How many want to pray with more power? How many want to be more effective in your witness? Amen? Well, pay attention because the disciples got all of those things on the day of Pentecost. The power and the boldness came when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. Because up until this point, they had really been not the disciples, but the disciples. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The disciples. Because Jesus said, you know where I'm going, and you know the way. And the disciples said, uh, Jesus, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know the way. <laughs> they were disciples. Okay. Peter told Jesus, I'll never deny you no matter what. But when Jesus was betrayed, Peter was so afraid he ran and hid from a little girl. Even after the resurrection, the disciples went into hiding for fear of the Jews yet on the day of Pentecost, they stood up in the temple courts and Peter boldly preached the gospel to all of Jerusalem. He became bold in his praying and bold in his preaching. Why? Because something happened at Pentecost. 
What happened on the day of Pentecost? Look back at what Jesus said in Acts 1.5. Jesus said, John, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So on the day of the Pentecost, the believers who had gathered in the upper room were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? Well, baptism is an English word that was made up. Because they were trying to translate the Bible and they didn't have an English word for that. So they took the Greek and they, they said, well, we'll baptizo, baptizo, okay, baptism. It was made up from the Bible. The Bible gave us, gave us this word. It means to immerse, okay? Baptism in water means we put you fully in the water. We dunk you all the way under, then we bring you back up, hopefully, Right? That was a joke. You can still get baptized on May 21st. Don't be scared. So on the day of Pentecost, the, the believers in the upper room were baptized. They were fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And all throughout the Bible, we see this idea of three in one, right? Uh, we, are, we are tripartite beings ourselves, right? Body, mind, spirit, Right? We see this concept that there is only one God, but we see him revealed as the Father, as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, the Bible says there is one baptism, but in reality, we see a tripartite baptism. We see three baptisms in the New Testament. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ... Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God of the doctrine of baptisms. Not baptism, but baptisms. Okay, you with me so far? So when I study the word, I personally see three baptisms in the New Testament, and I'm going to explain that through the scriptures this morning. Today is going to lay some groundwork for the coming weeks in this series. But three points to help you understand the three baptisms of the New Testament. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us. Look at that. It's, a, it's like it's a giant sign behind me. Okay. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. This is what happens when we put our faith in Jesus. First Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. We are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work of regeneration, right? The Holy Spirit does the work. You can't receive salvation apart from the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So when you receive Jesus as Lord, the Bible says that you are born of the spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit inside of them, right? We talked, that about, talked about that last week. We've been made to drink of one Spirit. John 3, 6. Humans cannot, can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
Galatians 3.26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So according to Galatians, believers are baptized into Christ Jesus. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, for by one spirit we're baptized into one body. So number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. The disciple baptizes us in water. Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What is a disciple? You are. <laughs> Water baptism is when a fellow believer baptizes us in water. By the way, we don't sprinkle, right? We don't baptize babies. Jesus said specifically, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So biblical baptism is for people who have repented of their sins and put their faith in Christ Jesus. And that requires a certain age of accountability, right? Right? So the only biblical way to water baptize people is to take believers and put them in the Holy Ghost hot tub, immerse them in water. Why do we get water baptized? Because Jesus said so, right? You know, that's the classic parent move. You don't explain yourself or maybe you don't have a legitimate reason. So you just tell them because I said so. Well, Jesus has a legitimate reason. He tells us you need to get baptized because I said so. But baptism is a way to publicly declare I've died to myself and I've been raised to new life in Jesus. Romans 6, 4 is a beautiful verse about baptism. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When you go down in that water, you're saying, I've died to myself. When you come up out of that water, you say, I've been raised to new life in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what water baptism represents, death to self and new life in Jesus. I've had people ask me, Pastor, do I have to be water baptized to be saved? No, you got to be saved to be saved. Acts 16, 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Okay, the way to heaven is through faith in Jesus, not through the water. Now, this goes back to Mark 16, where Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That means some of y'all relatives are included in that. Amen. <laughs> he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, read this verse carefully. Jesus didn't say he who is not baptized will be condemned, did he? He said, he who does not believe will be condemned. Think about it. The thief on the cross who believed in Jesus, he won't baptize, was he? Yet Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. We're not born again through water baptism, but if you're born again, you ought to be baptized in water. Y'all follow so far? All right. Notice I said a disciple baptizes us in water. I'm a pastor, and I love to baptize people, but you don't have to be baptized by me for it to be bona fide. You don't have to be baptized by the clergy for it to be official. Jesus told all of us to go preach the gospel and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, didn't he? Right? 
First Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 2 Corinthians 5.18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, us who? All of us, all believers, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means you're a minister. Tell somebody sitting near you, I guess I'm a minister. And tell them, I guess you're a minister too, huh? <laughs> Come on, say, I'm a minister. Come on, God has given every one of us, five of y'all said that. And you need to have some confidence. God has given every one of us a ministry to do on this earth. Come on, say, I'm a minister. There you go, whether you believe it or not. Come on, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some of you need to wake up meditating on that scripture so to get through your thick head that God has given you a ministry to do and he put you on this earth to make a difference. You might be a missionary to your neighborhood. You don't know. God might have put, you've been wondering, why do I live in this house, in this neighborhood, on this street? Well, maybe you're living there because God has put you there to win souls. Chew on that a little while. Amen. Hallelujah. You can baptize people too. Did you know that? Look back at Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Is that commandment for 12 people? Who's that commandment for? Every one of us as believers in Christ. I think about Otis Cruz baptized his grandson in the ocean. Amen. All of us as believers, we can baptize people. Amen. Now just don't get crazy with it like Nacho Libre, okay? Don't catch your old mean, hateful boss in the bathroom and try to baptize him in the toilet. <laughs> Baby, that ain't faith. That's a felony. <laughs> Three baptisms. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, a disciple baptizes us in water. Number three, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, this is John the Baptist talking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here we have two different subjects going on. One baptism is done by the Holy Spirit and the other is done by Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. But Matthew 3, 11, John the Baptist just told us Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, there's something that's significant about this because the baptism in the Holy Spirit is mentioned in all four Gospels. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and again in the book of Acts. This is a big deal because you see very few things repeated in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're very, very similar, but John's the oddball. He's very different from the other three Gospels. He don't even put it in the right order. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're a lot more chronological, but John bases it on key points that he wants you to understand. So he rearranges everything so you can get his message, right? 
And because of that, you see very few things in all four of the Gospels. Okay, here's what you see in all four Gospels. The death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And the fact that Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Mark 1.8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1.33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Now this was a sign to John the Baptist because the Holy Spirit descended on many people in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit came on kings all. But he didn't stay there. You see the Holy Spirit coming upon many men and women throughout the scriptures. But he descended and remained on Jesus. And that was the sign from God that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now you can read about this. But when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, the Bible said the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Y'all see, it wasn't a bird. It was the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me, right? I think about an old country preacher. He was preaching on, on the baptism of Jesus, and they had an old air vent right above the podium, and they had remodeled the church, and they took that old uh, air duct out, but they left a big hole up there. They hadn't filled it in yet. So he got one of the little boys in the church and he said, he said, but I want you to come and help me. He said, I want you to take this dove and I want you to get up there in the attic. And he said, now when I say the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, I want you to throw that dove and I want that dove to just come on down. He said, okay, preacher, I'll do it. So he climbs up there and the preacher's preacher boy, he's spitting fire. It's a good old sermon. He said, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Nothing happened. So he got a little louder and he pounded the pulpit. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. I said, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Then he heard a voice from above and said, Preacher, a cat ain't the Holy Ghost. You want me to throw the cat down? <laughs> it wasn't a bird. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but think about this. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to come upon him, how much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit to come upon us? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts tell us very clearly that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus does it, you know it's got to be good. Amen. We're going to talk about this in a couple weeks, but some people say that what happened on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts was only for those gathered in the upper room and only for that time period. Listen, they say it was only for them and not for us today, but is that what the Bible teaches? Look back at Acts chapter 1 again. I'm just going straight to the word. Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for what? The promise of the Father. This is very important. Wait for the promise of the Father, 
Okay, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's the promise of the Father. You'll be baptized in the Spirit. Y'all got that? I mean, we're all Bible scholars here, right? We know. We know what's going on. So on the day of Pentecost, after all 120 of people who were praying in the upper room, not just the disciples, not just the apostles, but every believer gathered in the upper room when they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter got up and said this, as he began to preach to Jerusalem, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the what? The promise of the Holy Spirit poured out this which you now see and hear. In verse 39, for the promise is to you and to your children, to all who are afar off. How many of y'all know we are afar off from Jerusalem? To as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise of the Father of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for us today. And I would say we need it even more than them because they live with Jesus. I'll talk about that more in a few weeks, though. I'll hold a little bit back. I can't give y'all all of it. I'll give you a little appetizer. Got to come back for more. Amen. But the three baptisms, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ at new birth. A, a fellow believer baptizes us in water. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And I'll give you just a few, few examples from scriptures this morning. I'm done. We're getting ready to pray and worship and, and minister some, to some people this morning. But I want to give you just a few examples of what happened when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then we'll pray. In Acts chapter 12, the gospel was preached in Samaria. Philip went in there and he preached. And boy, it was a big, big revival. Now, you got to remember the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They didn't get along at all. It was basically an apartheid state at the time, okay? There was extreme hatred between the two groups, and God pours out his spirit, and the first thing God says is, Philip, go preach to them people you used to hate. <laughs> I love God. Boy, he's got a way of breaking down every single barrier, Acts 8 tell, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. This amazes me because this is the group of people who refused to let Jesus pass through their village on the way to be crucified. He was on his way to give his life for their sins and they said, you cannot come through here. Just a few days later, they're falling on their knees believing in the name of Jesus. And God is, that's the love of God. God is saving them and setting them free. Look at verse 14, Acts chapter 8. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon None of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what do we have going on here? According to the Bible, these were born-again believers, were they not? They had been baptized in water. But they had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Explain that to me. 
Everybody who teaches that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same as new birth. Bible says otherwise. They were born again. They were baptized in water. But the, 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 the apostles in Jerusalem recognized there was an urgent need. They also needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So right here we see all three baptisms. We see new birth into the body of Christ. We see baptism in water. And then they lay hands on them and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Notice how important this was to the apostles. Okay? This was a high, high priority. These were no longer disciples. Okay, these were apostles moving in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. And they recognized this was an urgent need. This was so important that they sent the main men, their two top guys, to go to Samaria to lay hands on them that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible's clear. They were born again. They've been baptized in the water, but they needed the Spirit baptism. Verse 17, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I notice that terminology, they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, you have to make a decision to receive Jesus in the same way. You need to make a decision in your heart. I want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And how do you get it? Do you get it by showing up at church early? By volunteering in the nursery? Yeah, maybe. Let <laughs> me try it. You don't get it by works. You receive it by faith. Just like salvation, it is a free gift of God. You believe it by faith and God will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It is a beautiful blessing that God wants to give you as his child. Amen? All right, Acts 19. I just got a couple more examples, and we're going to pray. Acts 19, verse 1. And when it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, Holy Spirit who? They said, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You see this? Different baptisms all working together. Again, they believed in Jesus. They were baptized in water. And when Paul laid hands on them, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, there's a foreshadowing of the three baptisms. 1 Corinthians 10, 1, more of a brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, this is, this is a fun scripture right here because I, I, I see these three baptisms right there. In this passage, Moses is representative of God's salvation, right? God sent Moses to save his people out of bondage. 
Then the cloud represents the Holy Spirit. This is how God led them daily. The cloud by day and the fire by night. And the sea represents water baptism. It was death to the old and life to the new, right? Not only did God part the sea to bring them out of captivity, but God used that ocean to drown the Egyptian army. <laughs> Amen. Y'all with me? Two of you. That's all right. Two or three. We got it. Further, let's read that verse again. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud, in the sea. Salvation, water baptism, spirit baptism. Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. Yeah. One more verse and then I'm done. First John 5, 7 through 8. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. There is one God. We see him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is one baptism, but we see it really as water baptism, blood baptism in the body of Christ, and spirit baptism. They agree as one. Will you stand this morning as we pray? I know the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in our lives, and he is already working and moving, but we haven't even begun to see what God wants to do. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for sending the comforter. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that he comforts us right now, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father, Lord, for opening up our minds, Lord. Lord, we're asking you during this series for more power, for fire to fall down like heaven, Lord. We need you now more than we've needed you before, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, Lord, that right now that your Holy Spirit is working on people right now. God, I thank you that you're mending broken hearts. God, that you are revealing yourself to people that have walked away. God, that that Holy Spirit is just drawing people to you right now, Father. That whatever it is that we need, that that, that longing and that yearning and that void that we try to fill with everything else, God, I thank you that right now we fill it with you, Father. That the things that we've been filling our life with that don't please you, that right now we give them to you, Father. Lord, hurt from the past, hurt from people, hurt from people that we love and our family. God, that right now that you're bringing healing and peace. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're bringing healing to bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that anyone that's sick in their body, that right now, that by your stripes, we are healed. And Lord, I thank you that what we ask for, Father, that you are there. And that when you sent your son to die on the cross, that it was so that we didn't have to live with sickness. We didn't have to live in disease. But that we were set free. And Lord, I thank you right now for freedom. God, freedom from sickness. Freedom from bondage in the name of Jesus that has held people back from their full potential in you. God, I thank you for freedom of sin in the name of Jesus. Things that have bound people for years right now, God, I thank you that the chains of sin are being removed. I thank you that the freedom of religion 
is being placed back into Goldsboro. That that spirit of religion that has attacked this county and attacked our state, that we are being set free of that. And Lord, that we serve you and not man, Father. And Lord, I thank you that we lay our life before you, Lord, and that we surrender to you right now, Father. God, that your will be done in our life. Not the will that we want, Father, but God, the one that is pleasing to you, Father. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for having your way in our life. God, and that through this series, Lord, that you will ignite our hearts and our spirits, Father. Lord, set us on fire, Lord. God, let us not be complacent in you and just be a pew sitter, Lord. But God, let us be the disciples that you send out, that reach this county, that reach this state, and that touches the nations, Father. God, use us, Father, to be your hands and feet, to love people the way that you've loved them. God, let us see people the way that you see them, Father. Not the way they treat us, Father, but the way that you see them. God, give us a heart, Father, that's like yours. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for your power. I thank you that you are a good, good Father. I thank you for your healing. Lord, we just exalt you, Father. We just praise your holy name. And we thank you and we ask all of this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. If you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if today something were to happen to you and you were faced with death, where you would be? Because heaven and hell is real. Some people think it doesn't exist, but it is real. There's no lukewarmness. It's heaven and hell. And this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to meet Jesus, that you're going to be in heaven for eternity. So if you will, everyone, I'm going to ask that you join in. Say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.